Award number three, prediction of the year. Oh my, are we just going to omit the fact that I told y'all the Kings were jumping up in the draft? I was right. I get the prediction of the year. No, nobody else called that. How does that not even a nominee? It's not even on the honorable mentions. Nah, I'm I not mean... jacking it. Whoever wrote this, Ash, you probably wrote this. What's up, what's up, and welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and I got my guys with me, Christian Winfield, Lethal Shooter. Guys, it is our last show of the season, and for a while, how are you guys feeling? I'm kind of sad. It's it's a sad moment here at Certified Buckets. Last show of the season? We ain't coming back. Ain't no more seasons after this. This is it. We are sunsetting the show. It is a sad day for Uninterrupted for all of us, but I've had a ball. It's been an amazing time. I know Ash is covering her eyes like future right now because she knows what's been left on the table. It's all right, though. How you feeling about it all, Lethal? It's been great, um, especially connecting with you guys, getting to know you guys more, um, learning from you guys. Your sports analogies have been great, and, and I just feel like you guys are two of the best in the business. So it's been an honor to work al- alongside of Same thing can be said about you, Lethal. We have watched you kind of just take enormous step after enormous step. And it's just been a pleasure to work and watch you work, brother, man. Yeah. Like, family. I mean, Both y'all are family for life, man. Listen, it's, it's while we were in pre-production, I got a alert from the NBA app Rare. that Lethal's going to be doing some pre-draft stuff. Rare. So, like, everywhere I look, there's Lethal Shooter. I can now right. say I officially know Lethal oh Shooter. Oh, my God. You know, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a That's a major development in my career. You guys, I'll tell you that. That's a fact. Why lethal, why lethal in two places at once? How you here and on NBA Instagram Live? What's going on, Lee? You got a clone? I actually didn't tell you. I have a clone. I got a clone. CGI, I bet you that clone. CGI, I bet friend. you that clone can outshoot you. <laughs> he can. <laughs> we appreciate everyone who has tapped in with us all season long, all multiple seasons that we've been doing this show. And Facts. you know, if and when we come back, we cannot wait to reconnect with you guys. But no more sadness because we have a whole show to do. So we're gonna get into that. And on this edition of 3 on 5, we are going to review what this year was and give out our awards for best of 2022. So let's get into it in this edition of 3 on 5. All right, y'all. Check ball. It's time for us to go 3 on 5. All right. So award number one, the most memeable moments now the nominees are as follow i feel like i'm at the oscars right now and the nominees are <laughs> lebron <Drama> point <laughs> lebron pointing out heckling pacers fan to the ref hilarious <laughs> kyle kuzma's pink pregame outfit with the extra 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 long sleeves the t wolves celebrating winning the play-in game versus the clippers like they just won the nba Yo. finals and lastly <laughs> Clay trips and almost takes out a lady during the Warriors parade when he was off the henny. Now look, there's some <laughs> other there's some other things we can add into that mix. He also did the moonwalk like Michael Jackson, and oh my he dropped his championship ring all in the same Yo. day. Oh, honorable mention. 
Isaiah Stewart chases LeBron James around Detroit in only what looked like something out of the WWE. So, Christian, I'm going to go ahead and pass the rock to you. Out of hey. those nominees, who gets your vote for the most memeable moment? Definitely Clay. Drunk Clay is a vibe at all times. At all times. And listen, I, I know he put somebody else in, in danger by tripping and knocking this poor lady to the floor. But who else would you want to be knocked to the ground by other than Clay Thompson? I mean, him coming off. I, know, I can name a few people. <laughs> I, know, I know there's some people you could you could think of. But in, in basketball, I'm thinking Clay. I mean, he's just it's just a vibe, right? Drunk Clay in the water. My man took a bath in the lake. And they came back and won a ring. Did you see on his boat he lost his NBA Finals hat? Yo, what's wrong with this man? He was on Instagram Live <laughs> recording himself driving his boat after they won the, the finals. And before the championship parade went down, he's driving the boat. And he's all Instagram Live. And his hat flies off his head. And he's like, no. And he turns the boat around to try to go look for his hat. The man is oh a mess. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> drunk Clay is a vibe. I aspire to be drunk Clay. Maybe I just need to drink some more Henny. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Lethal, who gets you, your vote? I, I, I know Chris just said it, but I got to go with Drunk Clay because when he, uh, when he did that, I immediately posted on my Facebook and Twitter because, of course, we're not endorsing drinking, but I do... I love to see players once they win a championship that they can be themselves. You know, you see, yeah, you see Steph I'm Curry playing, was yeah. just out there. Him and his wife was enjoying the vibes. Clay Thompson was enjoying the vibes. And now these players are reaping the, the benefits of, of all the hard work that they put in. And it was amazing to see those guys having a great time. So, you know, but Clay knocking that woman over. I know it's not funny, but it was it was just it was one of those moments like don't give him no more drinks. Another moment that we're not talking about that I find hilarious, like every interview that Wiggins was in, it just looks like he hasn't slept since they won the game. Like he has, yeah. <laughs> he needs to get some rest. So, who oh, it, it looks like he slept. It just th those red eyes don't look like it's from lack of sleep. <laughs> oh, you, he, been, he been rolling up that finals pack. That's yeah, he, yeah that's right. Listen, drunk Aisha is also in the running because she's hilarious too. She was like taking Steph's finals MVP trophy and like gyrating with it. She was out of control drunk oh, too. Man. Gotta love out drunk Aisha getting in on the festivities. Oh, but I gotta man. I gotta throw in a, a second runner up then, I guess, in the mix. We gotta go ahead and also give it to the Timberwolves celebrating winning that play. Yo, like it was right. the, the NBA music final. They put, they put the they Coach put the Carter music to it. <laughs> They put the coach card into it. Pat so Bev went into the stands and ripped his jersey and threw it and was like screaming at the top of his lungs. You know, Carl Anthony Towns is hugging his girlfriend Jordan Woods on the sideline like he just won, you know, the Yo. ultimate prize. You know, Anthony Edwards is running around the court, you know, doing multiple laps, waving to the crowd. It was just so ridiculous that it was hilarious. I absolutely loved it. It was it was so ridiculous. We could not stop talking about it, memeing about it, joking about it for weeks. People say <laughs> Knicks fans are dramatic. That was dramatic. Oh man, I need the wolves to just just aspire for better. You know what I'm saying? Just turning up after the play. And yes, I know it's been a long time since you guys have won something substantive, but come on, guys. Hey, at least they're in the they're going in the right direction. I got one more thing to add. I got one more thing to add. Chuck almost throwing a mug at that fan yeah. in the stands. Chuck all in any everything. Every time Chuck speaks, it's memeable. They need to. He said something about the. Oh, I don't even want to repeat some of the things he said. Man, that that man is a walking meme. Yeah, I I, I love Chuck. Man. Yeah, give it up for him.
I mean, listen, don't throw t-shirts at Charles Barkley. Simple as that. Simple. Don't throw t-shirts at Charles Barkley? Is that... You already know he doesn't (laughs) like the Warriors fan base, so... Oh, man. We're going to move on to award number two, performance of the year. Oh, yes. Nominees include Steph Curry, game four of the NBA Finals. One of the best games I think we've ever seen in the postseason. Jason Tatum, game six of the Eastern Conference semifinals. And it seemed like the last really good game we were going to get from him. And then Luka, game seven versus the Phoenix Suns. I've got one that's not on this list that I watched happen in person. This was Nets versus 76ers. And this was when I'd say like 10 players on the Nets went into the health and safety protocols. So you've got Kevin Durant, Patty Mills, Blake Griffin, and rookies taking on Joel Embiid, uh, Tobias Harris and a hella role players and the Nets come away with that win. Why? Because Kevin Durant playing with mostly with four rookies at times with Kevin Durant went out there and beat the brakes off the Sixers. That was one of the most impressive things I've seen from any one player. For Kevin Durant to go out there with four rookies, he never played with four rookies at one time before in his life. For him to go out there with four rookies and beat the brakes off the Sixers, that's what I knew. Okay, this man's different. Hang it up. That's my most impressive uh, performance of the year uh, in Brooklyn for sure. Bias. Probably, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go with Steph Curry. I feel like that game, um, Steph Curry showed us his ability to carry a team. I feel like uh they were starting to get that niche that Steph Curry didn't have the ability to carry a team by himself. And Steph Curry this year has shown all of us to me. I feel like he can carry a team. Of course, Clay Thompson did his not little thing, but Clay Thompson put a little fillers in there. Jay Poole had a few good games in there, but Steph Curry was consistent, and Steph Curry showed us why. You know, he, he can he can he can put a team on his back. And, and that was one of the games that he showed us. He didn't care if he, had, he was potentially have to score 50 points. He was going to do that to win the game. Do any of these um, honorable mentions speak to your spirit? Kyrie and Carl Anthony Towns drop 60. Giannis drops 44 and 20 in game six versus the Celtics. Do any of those speak to your spirit? I mean, you got to remember that Kyrie for the first three months of this season was roaming around North Jersey looking for a a park or looking for a court (laughs) to play with people at. right? Remember, everybody that is playing professional balls in the middle of this season, everybody who is playing college basketball at a high level is in the middle of their season. Kyrie is a nomad at this point looking for some work and for him to just get up and, and no man, he, he wasn't no man. And now for him, just get off his ass and come play, and now drop sixty on the Magic. I mean, that man is. It remember, didn't Cole Anthony say Kyrie's the hardest person to guard? Yeah, because that's because he came to Orlando and gave you sixty, brother. Like that, that man is different. And maybe we'll get into it with, about Kyrie and KD today. But man, crazy to see how things are falling apart in Brooklyn. Lethal, I have a question for you, but before that, I'm going to go ahead and give mine. I'm going to give it to Luca, Game Seven versus the Suns. I mean, oh, it's yeah. just it was really <laughs> impressive. First of all. Luca was a one-man band out there. And yes, there's a lot of supporting cast members. You saw Jalen Brunson. He gave us some incredible moments. And, you know, some other supporting cast members. But we talk about this all the time. There's Batman, but there's no Robin in Dallas. So for Luca to go out there and just really be able to force a Game 7 in the first place, okay? Yeah. And then win that Game 7 was absolutely insane. And to do it against a fully loaded Phoenix Suns team, I mean, you get Luka the weapons, you got to watch out for Dallas because that's going to be serious. Now, will Mark Cuban do that and get that done? Let's see. That's a different question. 
But I want to ask you, um, Lethal, what do you think led to the outbreak of the individual 50-point-plus games we've been seeing this year? Like, like we all spoke about, this, these playoffs, um, they were definitely rocky up and down. One team will win. The next time, another team will blow another team out. And I just feel like certain players were starting to figure out certain rhythms that the defenses were showing them. And players like Luka and Steph Curry and, and uh, Kevin Durant and Giannis and, and different players who were able to, to crack that 45, to crack that 50, and maybe potentially crack 55, 60, those players, if you show them too much of the same things offensively, they will come out de- and uh, defensively, they will come out on offense and, and rip you to pieces. And Luca, like what you spoke about, he's one of those situations. You can't continue to show him the same picture because he's always going to figure out ways to break that down. And, and he might start off passing and then it leads to scoring. But when he scores, it's going to be in bunches. So I feel like this, this year it was like that because teams, to me, I just feel like they weren't adjusting fast enough. And some teams were, um, what's the word? Uh, stubborn to not adjust and to stick with the same patterns and say, hey, we'll let Luca score 50 if we know the supporting cast isn't going to score so we can win by 10. And that was what was happening a lot in these playoffs. They were allowing some of the superstars to get off because they knew the supporting cast wasn't able to get in rhythm as well. I wish that you could say the same thing, but I think Phoenix just didn't have any answers for Luca. Yeah, Phoenix, that boy Luca was coming out there picking his shot every time. Like, oh, that you can't Luka stop me. Magic was you can't stop alive me. and well. Yeah. You can't stop me. Can't can nobody stop? Luca was was dogging the sun so bad. I thought he was going to do the same thing to the Warriors. I was like, oh no, I can't, I can't stop him. I came on here and said that on the pod. Luca, different man. Get that boy. Do you guys out. think that we'll see? You know, I mean, we didn't just see it in the postseason. We also saw it during the regular season. There was a lot of fifty-plus yeah. point games. I mean, do you think we'll see that again next season? Yeah, I think players are gonna just keep getting better, right? Like, I, I think we're actually no, I don't know because I think what we learned from how the Boston's got the, the Boston's, the Celtics got to the finals. <laughs> the Boston, yeah, that's, that's, a, new that's one. a new one. I never heard myself say that. I think what we learned from them is like, hey, if you can be physical and play defense. And, and get some scoring from your guys, you can beat anybody, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen the same blueprint from the Warriors. The Warriors, yes, they're outstanding offensively, but that's defense. If, if these teams want to actually take the next step, the Nets included, right? And then probably the Knicks, you could say the same thing. Got to be consistent in stopping guys from, what do they say? Guard your yard, lethal. Mm-hmm. Got to guard your yard. Don't let this man come out here and get 60 on you. Foul him. Mm-hmm. Punch him. Get him out the game. Do what you got to do. Yeah, I got to agree with you 100%. I feel like... Uh... The, the play in the NBA is just only going to get better because the younger players that are coming in, uh, people might not believe it, but these kids, these players, they're, they're very skilled and they're catching on very, they're catching on very early. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of explosive uh, offensive breakouts next season because these players are coming in. The trainers are taking them to the next, the, the ability to get their bodies back uh, faster now is the technology to help them now is a lot more faster. So I feel like we're, we are going to see a lot more, uh, breakout in offensive players because th- this class that's coming in is definitely a class to remember. Ooh, this is a deep draft class. Well, we shall see, but now we are going to move on to award number three, which rhymes, bars, and that is all about prediction of the year. Now, as the leading psychic on this panel, I've made a lot of hits <laughs> versus a lot of misses. The same can't be said for my friends oh my here, God. but they have gotten lucky here or there so prediction of the year the nominees are ashley that would be me hi guys um calls the grizzlies being top four in the western conference back in october by the way i just want to put that out there 
Um, the CB crew, that would be us as a whole, predicts the Celtics to finish in front of the Sixers in the standings after the All-Star break. I, I'm pretty sure I'd love the charge on that, but whatever. What is going um, on here? And Lethal correctly labels the Chicago Bulls as Fugazi. Oh pretty sure gosh. I gave him the word Fugazi, oh was it not? Oh my, gosh. are we just going to omit the fact that I told y'all the Kings were jumping up in the draft? I was right. I, I mean, get the prediction of the year. No, nobody else uh, called that. How does that not even a nominee? It's not even on the honorable mentions. Nah, I'm not <laughs> jacking it. Whoever wrote this, Ash, you probably wrote this. You probably I didn't re- write this. you probably erased my king stuff from the rundown just so I can explode like this. I am. This is crazy. Nah. I, I want smoke with whoever did this. I want smoke. <laughs> Take it up with Josh. I want smoke. Josh writes the script, not me. This is me. crazy. But I'm going to go ahead and give the award to myself because nobody believed in the Memphis Grizzlies. Nobody. Nobody believed in the this Memphis Grizzlies except for me. Both y'all said I was crazy, especially when I said if it came down to it, they could go ahead and beat Dallas. They can go ahead and beat the Timberwolves. I said they can go ahead and be ahead of Dallas, ahead of the Lakers, ahead of the Clippers, ahead of all these other Western teams. Everybody, not only on this panel, but on Twitter, said I was nuts. And here we are. So just want to go ahead and put that out there. That I told y'all so. And I stand I stayed ten toes down she did. in that prediction. You know, since my choice of the Kings is not on this list, I will give my vote to Ashley for predicting the Grizzlies because oh, I didn't see that you. coming. I don't think any of us saw that coming except for Ash. It got to the point where I was asking Ash months later, Ash, why the hell are the Grizzlies doing this? And she's over here like, well, you know, Christian, if you was listening to me before, you'd have seen this coming. <laughs> I wasn't listening. Astrodamus, you got this one. Well, I think I think what helps that team is because they're considered the underdog. I really want to see how they come out next year. With yeah, people, smelling with, themselves a little bit. Yeah, with people knowing that they're good. You know, sometimes in life, when people can see you to, consider you the underdog, it's kind of easier to prove people wrong. It's kind of easier to yeah. do that extra rep. It's kind of mm-hmm. easier to, to to run that sprint a little bit harder. So I'm excited to see um, if next season, Ash, that, that same team that we believe in as well, not saying we don't believe in them, to see yeah. if they come out playing with that gritty and that toughness. Because now... They're considered the, the cool team. They're considered the team. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah, I, I'm mm-hmm. excited to see if they're going to come out still playing hard. You know, that's a great point because, you know, that leads me to the follow-up of outside of the Warriors or the Grizzlies, the team to be in the West. And I think that time is going to go ahead and tell that because, like you said, now there's a different type of target on your back. You know, it's no different than, you know, I'll equate it to, to a football analogy. You know, when look at the Kansas City Chiefs, for example. Everyone said that I was crazy, but I said after they win a few times, which they did, you can see a little bit that they start to regress. Why? Because the teams around them know exactly what you're going to do. And sometimes teams can get comfortable in their schemes because the schemes have constantly worked, right? But what happens is that you don't get better. You stay the same because the same has, you know, resulted in major wins. But now everybody knows what you're going to do. Now everyone knows Patrick Mahomes. When you leave the pocket, you're going to run. So now I'm coming for you. The same thing's going to happen with the Grizzlies if they don't go ahead and get better. And this is what I spoke about with John Morant. John needs to go ahead and develop his mid-range. 
he needs to go ahead and develop his three-point shot because what we saw happen in spurts, and yes, of course, if he didn't get hurt, maybe we'd be having a different conversation. Do I think we would be? No, I still think the Warriors would have taken that series. But what you saw was in the games that Ja was playing, the Warriors knew exactly what he was going to do. When he had that ball in his hand, he was going to drive in the paint and go for a layup and force a foul. You can't be predictable from season to season. And if Ja and the Warriors as a whole don't deepen their bag, if Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't become a more reliable three-point shooter, if Desmond Bain doesn't get more aggressive, what's going to happen is every single team that you have played and the ones that you ran over last season now know, all right, you're coming. I got something for you this time around. So it's going to be interesting to see if they continue to ride the wave of all the the swagger and the success of last season into a new season, or they put that chapter to bed and say, new season, new team, let's go ahead and focus. And beefing with jo- beefing with Draymond Green it on Twitter, John. who just won a championship, yeah, yeah. that's great, yeah. but you better go ahead and have that same energy. You got to back exactly. it up. You know, you know, real quick before we move on to the next topic, you know who they need to look at uh, as an example of that? The Ooh. New York Knicks. The New York Knicks were the fourth seed last year, and they were supposed to go out and get better. And what they do, they got Kemba Walker, they got you know I'm saying Evan Fournier, they got guys who didn't really move the needle. And I think you could say RJ took a step forward, Obi took a step forward, but that wasn't enough. And where'd they end up? The 12th seed, right? The the, the Grizzlies need to get better, not just from themselves, but I think they need somebody else in there, maybe a free agent, uh, just to just to spice it up. They got to mix it up, like you said, Ash. They could become predictable next year, and then boom, y'all back in the playing. No, absolutely, I can agree. Moving on to award number four, it's moments of the year, and the nominees are. Steph breaks the all-time record for three-pointers. Jason Tatum's game-winning layup versus the Nets in game one. DeMar DeRozan hits back-to-back game-winning buzzer beaters. Andrew Wiggins, NBA All-Star Andrew Wiggins, by the way, dunks on Luka. That was crazy. Lethal, Mm. give me your award-winning moment of the year. I got to go with DeMar DeRozan hitting game winners Ooh, back-to-back. That's a good one. Because, that's a good one. Because how often as a basketball player on that stage, of course, we're, when we're in 24-hour fitness or we're hanging out with the guys or you're hanging out with the girls, Ash, you guys might be hooping. Of course, you might hit a few game winners in one day, but the stage of the NBA for your teammates to give you the ball for a game winner back-to-back games, I don't know how many people have done that back-to-back. And for DeMar to do do that, I just feel like that's something that's just a chance in a lifetime, and I have to give it to him. DeMar, you say it, DeMar. I knew you were coming. (laughs) That's that's hilarious. You know, part of me wanted to go Steph, but I feel like the lead up to that kind of made the ending anticlimactic. Like we knew he was. And it was anticlimactic if you were a Knicks fan. These are facts. Of course, he had to do it in the garden. These are facts, right? So there's that. You know, I think the moment that I'll always remember here was Andrew Wiggins absolutely eviscerating Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. In my mind, that's when the series changed because Luka became human. At that point, Luka became one of us. He could get dunked on just like anybody else. And for Wiggins to do it, I was like, oh, nah. Like, out of all things that I thought I would see in my life, that 
that was different. I remember I jumped out. I couldn't believe what happened. I don't know if you guys remember where y'all were at. I could not believe what had happened. That's easily my moment. That encapsulates kind of like the impact and the, the season Andrew Wiggins has had. He's done mm-hmm. everything. He's played defense. He's grabbed rebounds. He's hit shots off the dribble, catch and shoot, and he put Luca on a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. That's my moment of the year. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta give mine to Steph. Wow. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because as a Steph fan, I was ecstatic. As a Knicks fan, I was pissed. And it was the one of the few times in my life that I'm very conflicted in the world of basketball when yeah. it comes to my New York Knicks. Because, of course, the record had to be broken at the Garden. Because if you want a record broken, you come to MSG to do it. So, <laughs> so you're admitting that you can go to MSG and break some records. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, Lethal, if you wanted to break a record, you go to the Garden and do it. Because the Knicks aren't going to stop you. But it just, it was such a conflicting moment because it was like, Oh God! Like the you know the game right, stopped right. and there was a round of applause and you were like ecstatic as a Steph fan, but as a Knicks fan, you're like, yo, can you just play the game, bro? Let's just get this over. We know we're gonna lose. Like, let's just like fast forward through it. It was it was definitely a a very uh, conflicting moment for me. But speaking of Steph, I mean, he got emotional after the Warriors win the NBA Finals this season, as expected. He finally got finals his MVP, Finals Steph. MVP, mm-hmm. had his moment. It was so great to see. Which NBA star would you guys like to see get their moment next? Mm. Um, hmm. That's a good one. You know, I can't help but think a championship would mean the world to Kevin Durant, getting it on his own terms after everything he's been through. You know, I, I, can't, I can't imagine what type of emotion would, would come over him um, so, so that's one person. I, I think he could have had several if he stayed in Golden State, but whatever. Yeah, but you know, they'd always said, oh, those are Steph Ray. He's, he's, he's riding Steph's, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He can get it on his own. If he gets one. Which I hate that. I hate that argument because yeah. they don't win that other championship without KD. Yeah. They don't. Maybe yeah. they don't. You know, so that's I think KD is one. Who's another guy I want to see? I want to see Chris Paul run it back and get his ring, man. Wow. Chris Paul is such a talented player. He would I would be, say Chris Paul too. Yeah. He might be. I don't know what the list of of players who don't have rings but have had like Hall of Fame level careers. He might be number one on that list in terms of like one of the greatest point guards ever. Like I, I think we we can all agree Chris Paul's a top five point guard of all time, ring or no ring. You know, it's just a matter of damn. Why can't he get over that hump? I, I couldn't imagine how many tears we'd see coming from his face if he ends up hoisting a Finals trophy. For me, it would be Jimmy Butler. Ooh, that's a good one. I feel like Jimmy Butler has been on a lot of different teams. You know, you talk about his Timberwolves area, you talk about 76ers area, you talk about Chicago and now Miami. And I think it'd be a great moment for a few reasons. One, because he's gotten rid of that bad teammate, you know, narrative that has followed him. And you see what an asset he truly is. But also, I think in this era with him playing with Miami, you see he is a baller. And you see he leaves everything he has on the court night in and night out. And I think it would just be great for him to go through all of that rubble, you know, and finally get that moment and finally, you know, be the glue that held the team together long enough to get to the promised land and get that championship. It would be great to see. And he definitely he deserves one, man. Like I I know we I hate when people say, oh, he deserves one. Everyone deserves something if they go ahead and put in the hard work. But Jimmy, man, I would love to see him get one. And he's been so close so many times that it would be nice to finally see him get it. 
Wait, Lethal, what, who's your pick? Lethal? I'm gonna have to go with Damian Lillard. Um, I'm not. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying they're gonna yes, win sir. it, but yeah. I would love for him to to win it because I think more players will stick it out yeah. on those type of franchises yeah. and in those type of cities. Um, so for Dame to hold one up in the air and to win one, I think it. I, I know for a fact he will be emotional. He'll be crying, and he'll he'll it'll be a dream come true. So I love to see Dame win win one. Do you guys think? Jimmy Butler makes the Hall of Fame if he doesn't win a championship. Is he a Hall of Fame player? Now, I know it's tough because he's had kind of like a, a winding career, but I feel like especially this year in Miami or these last two years in Miami, how many years is this? Is this year three in Miami? Year three yeah. in Miami. I mean, I feel like we've seen him evolve from the Jimmy Butler that you had mentioned, that kind of like annoying Jimmy Butler who maybe wasn't the guy that you wanted on your team. So that couldn't be the best player on your team if you want to win a ring. To now, okay, we've got to get Jimmy Butler some help. Right? I'll answer first. I'll answer that one. Um, I think Jimmy Butler is an amazing player. Um, he's definitely in the top of the elite. But I think he needs to show a little bit more consistency and, yeah. and yeah, a little bit more consistency. And even if he doesn't win a ring, maybe keep getting further the way he just did and, and carry a team like that to be yeah. considered to go into the hall. Like that's kind of yeah, that's kind of different. I don't think he. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a not right now Hall of Famer. I mean, listen, like listen, six time All Star. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I feel like it's it's a. I feel like with maybe like in the eras before. That would have been a shoe in. Yeah. But I feel like as the teams are getting, as players are getting better and yeah. the accolades are getting deeper, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like it's going to be hard to make that case depending on what that class looks exactly. like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that John's giving us some stats. Six time All Star, like I said, four time third team All NBA, never second team. So, I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I think that ring he would need that he ring need to that give ring. him that and extra push. And maybe possibly push. the Finals MVP. And even that ring, I don't even think the ring would give him a, a full blown push, depending on what that class looks yeah, like. Yeah, because that now I think about the other side, right? Because I think we're it's all unanimous that Dame is Hall of Fame, whether he wins wins a ring or not. Would you guys agree? I I don't, I don't agree with that. No. Ooh, spicy takes. What? No Dame. I would, I would, if Dame continues to. Take- I just feel like uh, Dame, Dame is a great player. Don't get it messed up. Dame is a one of one, but Dame, they they haven't. Unfortunately, it sucks. Like it's it's not his fault, but it's like one man can't do it. But how many right. times has he showed us he can do this in the playoffs? Facts. What about Melo? Melo don't got a ring. Melo's Mello a Hall of Famer. Famer. Is it because he's got gold, gold, Olympic gold medals? I mean, there is a Melo's accolades are deeper than Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard. I mean, I believe Melo, I mean, John can fact check me on this, but I believe Melo, isn't he the all-time leading, or he's like top five or top 10 all-time leading scorers in the NBA or something like a number like that? Like, he's up there with like people like, he's 12 right now? Wow, yeah. Well, he said he's, he's and he's still playing. Yeah. So like he still has time to pass that. I mean, he's passed people who are currently in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So like right. he's not only on that list, he's I believe he's on some other list that I can't think of right now. Excuse me, guys. I have sick brain. That's okay. But also <laughs> multiple gold medal winner. I mean, he's been to the playoffs a few times. Like, I mean, yes, he doesn't have a ring, multiple time all-star. But I think Melo's accolade list 
is a little bit deeper than Dame and Jimmy, so it's easy. Oh, sorry, ninth. Yeah, that's what I said. Right, he's top, top ten. Yeah, you were right. He's top ten in all scoring in NBA. I mean, that's a come on. Like yeah. it's a little bit right. different. The, yeah. the bag's different. It's different. So. It is different. It's different. It's different. All right, guys. So we are going to round out this version of three on five, the award ceremony, if you will, with our last award. And that is the certified bucket of the year award named after not only our podcast, but lethal's legendary segment. And the nominees are drum roll. Steph Curry, Joel Embiid and LeBron James. Mm. Now, some honorable mentions I can throw in there. We have Giannis, we have Jokic, we have Luka, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go ahead and throw John Morant in the mix just to make it a little bit interesting. Hey, Kevin Lethal. Durant averaged 29.9 points Oh, I'm per sorry. Game. I'm going to go ahead and give it to KD, too. The easy sorry, money KD. sniper out of this list. I'm sorry, easy money sniper. You're in this list, too. Lethal, who are you giving your certified bucket of the year award to? I'm going to give it to Steph Curry. Mm. I think Steph Curry was consistent this year and most importantly on top of scoring his team was winning and that's and that's what's very important and I feel like what Steph Curry did this season not saying he won't do this again but what he did in these finals was just it it didn't seem real you know what I mean and I felt like he showed us why he's changed the game forever Part of me wants to Let go with guess, KD. Let me guess, Kevin Durant. Shocker. Part of me wants to go with KD. <laughs> but you guys all understand, I mean, that man embodies what a certified bucket right. actually is, right? right? Could shoot it any everywhere. I think this year I- I'm compelled to give that award to Luca, right? Luca Luca is making people feel foolish to even try to defend him because there's nothing you can do about it. He picked and chose whichever son's defender he wanted to cook. Right, he sent somebody else sliding. Their ankles fell off. Had Jay Crowder out there looking like clam chowder. I don't even know what it was about him. He could just score on anybody. My certified bucket of the year is Luka Doncic. Mm, that's a good one. I was actually gonna go. I was actually gonna go Luka too. Oh, so I'm, I'm gonna switch it up a little like. bit. I know. I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I will go then. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do I'm torn it. between Embiid and LeBron. Oh, Embiid was my, my vote you for MVP. You know what? Embiid did. I forgot all about Embiid. I'm going to go Joel Embiid. Yeah. I will say this. I think that for him to go ahead and keep the 76ers afloat yeah. mm-hmm. during the whole Ben Simmons saga oh, and man. then to just come back in the fi- in the playoffs, rather, excuse me, with a broken face, a concussion. I mean, Crazy. the man was out there, you know, held together with glue and scotch tape mm. and was just <laughs> fighting for his life out there. It was absolutely, you know, a testament to his mentality. And I think that it's impressive, too, because I remember when Joel Embiid first came into the league, one of the criticisms that people had of him was super talented, but does, just doesn't seem to care consistently. Right. You know, he he picks and chooses when he wants to care. And I think that this season particularly, you saw that Joel Embiid's committed not only to get better as a player, but to get better for the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing that because you can no longer say that Joel Embiid doesn't care. To go out there with a face mask on, fresh out of a concussion, and just give everything you have in that series and push it a lot further than I think people thought it was going to go. I mean, just it just goes to show that, you know, he's not the same player that he was when he Absolutely got into the league, not. and that's that's impressive. And I just hope that the 76ers 
can get it together for him because I think that he has shown that he's here for the long haul if you do right by him. And I think that the 76ers have a bright future if they can go ahead and play their cards right. So, Joel, I'm giving it to you, the trash-talking Joel Embiid. <laughs> yes, sir. That, that's, a, that's a good man right there, man. man. Shout-out to Joel Embiid. All right, that closes out our three-on-five awards show. Now let's hit the after party. You know the vibes. Yeah. Let's see what's going down on the timeline. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL. First thing I saw on the timeline was something that I tweeted my damn self. And I'm going to ask Uh y'all the same question. Mm -hmm. This is what I tweeted. Who is the best individual talent the Nets can get back in a deal for Kyrie if we end up getting there? Because we all know all hell is broken loose with the Nets. And we'll talk about that soon. Right. And now we keep seeing, okay, there are packages, right? I saw one trade scenario where the Nets trade Kyrie Irving and end up getting Miles, uh, Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon. Right, I, I don't think that works. But I'm, in terms of the single star type players who you could get back for Kyrie, who do you guys think might be willing to pull the de- pull the trigger on that deal? And what's the best singular player, singular star star player that the Nets could get back in the trade for Kyrie? Oof. You want me to be honest? Yep. Talk me. Talk to me. Oof. I think the Nets are going to have a hard time finding anybody for Kyrie. Are you kidding and me? That's what I was about to say. And it's not because of lack of talent. Let me make that very clear. I think Kyrie Irving is the most, if not one of the most skilled basketball players we have ever seen. I'm a huge Kyrie Irving fan. You can look on my timeline. I have defended him Mm -hmm. more times than I probably should have. Yeah. You know, I think that he's a free thinker. I think he marches to the beat of his own drum, and I think that should be respected. I don't see anybody trading away something, trading away a person, not something, somebody for a wild card. That is as talented as Kyrie, but you don't even know if you're going to get him a full season. I just don't know if at this point in the game where so many teams are getting better and there's so much more competition than ever before, if it's worth the gamble. I I just don't know. I wouldn't do it. I personally wouldn't do it. I have to agree agree with her 100%. Like, um, I would be very tentative on my selection, but we we all know that Kyrie, he's the best. You know, we we never mm-hmm. knock his basketball talents. Kyrie is he's a one of one. We've we've never seen a guard um, do what Kyrie has done. So we're not knocking yeah. the basketball, but I think teams will will possibly be a little bit afraid because, like she said, you know that's a tough decision that a team is going to have to make. You know, I'm a huge fan of Kyrie. I always be a huge fan of Kyrie, but you know, you know he he definitely might have to change that mindset so he can. Uh, change that narrative ab- about him, you know. So, but I, but I, lo- I love him as a player. I do have a follow up question for you guys. One deal that keeps coming on my timeline that I even posed as maybe a solution here is a Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook swap that also includes Taylor Horton Tucker and maybe a pick because we all know Kyrie at this point in his career and where Russell showed us is that last year. It's a little bit imbalanced if you're getting full games from both of them. Um, what do you guys think? Can the Nets win if you have? Westbrook, KD, Ben Simmons, and or looking at what you then get with the Lakers, if you have K, if you have LeBron, Kyrie, and AD, which team says no? Which team wins in that situation? And and what do you guys think about that as a scenario there? I don't think Kyrie and LeBron would work at this point in time. Mm. I think they're drastically different people than they were when they first got together. Mm. I think that Kyrie is more set in his ways than ever before. Sure, and I feel like LeBron knows that this chapter of his life as a player is closing and he wants to win 
and he wants to win quickly. Yeah, I have to agree. You're 100% correct. I, I think the only way this can work, not to sound funny, like Kyrie would literally have to come out or something and say, like, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help a franchise win a championship. If that means blah, 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 like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if that means if the team wants me to do this, I'm willing to do it. If the team wants me to do this, I'm willing to do it. I think that's the only way we'll know. But like you're saying, Kyrie, him and LeBron, you know, they're looking eye to eye. You know what I mean? On, on not in, in, um, in trophies, but eye to eye in, in how they feel like their skill set is. So like you're saying, mm. he's not looking at him as like LeBron James. He's looking at him like, shoot, like if, if, if I potentially might come here, you guys might need to adjust to me. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like for, for Kyrie right now, because we all know <laughs> if Kyrie stay with Kevin and, they, and, and Ben doing what he's doing, they're in the finals. If Kyrie go yeah. to LeBron and Kyrie do what he do, they're in the finals. So it ain't, it, mm. we know Kyrie's the, he's the, he's the answer, but is yeah. he willing to put things to the side and put, and put his, his ways to the side for a team? And that's where we're, we're going to see. And I is... think, and I think he might do that guys. I, I, I truly believe in him in the same way. I believe in Ben Simmons. I hope so. I hope you're right, yeah. brother. Cause yeah. He, the Nets are running out of time. They're running They're out of running options. Out of They're running out of. Hey, listen, we got fans talking about Nets fans tweeting right now, talking about boycotting the team if Kyrie leaves and KD requests a trade. That's how crazy so things have gotten in Brooklyn. So yes, so, there are fans. There are fans. In so Brooklyn. their attendance will roughly be the same. <laughs> I knew you, were you petty. You petty. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Let's move on to the next thing I saw on my timeline. Ash, this is right up your alley. Batter up. Uh-oh. The next tweet is coming from at NBA Trade Report, and it says, hashtag sources. The Knicks have offered multiple first-round picks to Sacramento in exchange for the fourth overall pick in Thursday's draft. Ash, are you on the do-whatever-it-takes-to-get-Jaden-Ivy bandwagon? No. Mm. Talk to him. Because here's the thing. There's so much young talent on the Knicks already that has proven to be moldable and you're able to develop and it already that already understands the system, the Mm -hmm. coaching staff that I feel like what you need is a vet to help rein them in. And I also feel like there's other players in the draft that you can get that may not go top five. That would be a great asset to your team. For example, I have a love affair with Jalen Durham. I actually, mm. I absolutely love him. I, you know, I interviewed him in Memphis with Penny Hardaway. I thought he, first of all, is a physical specimen for someone who's only 19 years old. I think that he has the mentality to play in New York. I think that he has the hunger. I think that he has, you know, the skill set. I don't think that at this point in the game, when the Knicks are no longer in the early stages of rebuilding, that you trade the house for one guy yep. that you're ultimately going to have to develop anyway, because as great as he is, he's still, what, 20, 19 years old? Mm-hmm. Like, you still have to work with him. He's not going to be ready to go straight out the gate. Look at Obi. Mm-hmm. Obi took a year to develop. So all you're doing is setting your timeline back another year when you have guys that have been in the system that are already kind of groomed and, and a little bit further than they were when you first drafted them. You need to surround them with somebody who has already proven themselves in the NBA, whether they've run a, won a ring or not, but older, a little bit more experienced, and see who the best player is remaining at 12. You don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not here for it. No. Yeah. Lethal, you are 
on the premises, right? You're somehow <laughs> here and there at the same time. Talk to us. Number one, what do you see in Jaden Ivey? Number two, is that a guy you think the Knicks need to get? Number three, who are some of the guys that maybe are flying under the radar that you think should, that you might want to talk about that you've seen play recently? Yeah, I feel like Jaden Ivey, he's definitely a special player, but I have to agree with Ashley. Like, this is no time for development. This is no time we're waiting to see what this guy does. They need to get a yeah. guy that's going to come in and get the job done. Um, Tibbs, Rex. he's a great coach. He's the yeah, he's a great motivator. He can push people to the next level. But Tibbs, this is this is the hot seat year. You know, Tibbs has to get yeah. it done this year. Obi Toppin has to get it done this year. Um, uh, uh, RJ has to get it done this year. Um, yeah. um, everybody has to take the game to the next level because nobody's going this year. I know I'm not a Knicks fan, but I know for a fact. Nick fans aren't going for that. This is another rebuild year. Nobody's saying win the finals. Nobody could care. They don't. Yeah. The one thing about New York, they're not saying win a championship. All they're saying is compete. All they're saying is win some games. All they're saying is play team basketball. All they're saying is develop your game in the offseason. All they're saying is draft somebody that don't that that shouldn't have to take three, four, five years to develop because the team that they have right now is not like they have vets that can mold this person to get where they are now. Unfortunately, is that a lot of pressure for a rookie? Absolutely. But that's why I need to make sure they pick, they need to pick the right rookie that fits into the system that could come right in and play basketball right now. So I agree with her hundred percent. Ash, would you trade your 11th overall pick? Do you think they need to not draft at all? No, they need to draft for sure. Okay. So I think because the Knicks as a whole, the foundation of the Knicks is, is a young core. So you need to go ahead and draft a young player who can be in that lineup in the franchise for a while, but you don't need to trade picks to make that happen. Whatever, whoever the best player is when the Knicks, when it's the Knicks time to go ahead and draft, that's what you do. But you don't make moves to draft sooner than that because it's not something that is going to immediately help you. It'd be different if the Knicks were a team like Miami right. that has multiple superstars and all you need is a young guy who you go ahead and fill yeah. in, take him off the yeah. bench and you develop him as a season. Right. right. Yeah. The Knicks aren't in that position. You have a bunch of young guys. You need a, a the glue to go ahead and help Julius Randle, an older player, while also developing your young core, which ultimately is going to be your future. But you don't trade away the house to do that. That's working backwards. You know, the one thing I can say about Leon Rose and uh, Liam Wesley, they've done a great job developing this team to what they're looking for. So I think they're going to make the best decision. But if this decision isn't made right on this call right here, this could potentially lead um, you guys. Um, and when I say you guys, I mean you, Ash. It can lead you guys back. I don't want to say the stone age, but it can lead you guys back to where people were just, people were just, mi no, like miserable as Knicks fans. Like, because to watch you guys last year, when I say last year, I mean the season before, not, not this season, but the season before that that's what New York Knicks, the, the fans deserve, you know, and this year I wouldn't say it was as bad because they saw the potential, but if it happens again this year coming up, it's people are just, it's just going to be bad atmosphere in Madison square garden. This is going to be bad atmosphere in New York city. And I feel like the fans don't deserve that. So I know they're going to make great decisions uh, because the people are making decisions. But unfortunately, if, th if those decisions aren't done, it's going to be a it's going to be a bad look for the New York Knicks. You know what else is going to be a bad look for the Brooklyn Nets if Kyrie Irving is not in black and white. The third thing I have seen on my timeline today quite frankly, is shit that I have said on this podcast already. The Nets have been playing with fire with their approach to Kyrie Irving. 
As soon as the season ended, the man said he wants to be here long term. A week after that, Sean Mark says, hey, we only want people who are here full time, who are committed to playing basketball all year long. Then he said it again. And now we're here. And I already reported that obviously the Nets don't want to give Kyrie a long term deal. Now you're seeing it from Shams. Now you're seeing it from Woj. I also reported that if Kyrie leaves, Kevin Durant is probably going to be up out of here too. And guess what? Now you're seeing that from Woj as well. Number one, give me my respect, give me my, my flowers. Number two, Nets, please do not mess this up. When you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the roster, you do what it takes to keep them here. This is the decision you made. Three years ago, you lay with this decision. You then already gave up your assets. You ain't drafting nobody. You gave the Rockets all those picks. Just let it ride out. This is not the time for you to try to puff Prove out your point. chest yeah. and have some ego. Yeah. It's terrible. If you do that, everything falls apart. You don't have the cap space to re-sign anybody, to sign anybody in free agency. No one's going to, if you even try to trade Kyrie, you're going to get pennies all the dollar because every other team knows you're doing this under duress. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, right? I, am, am I, I, yeah, yeah I agree. This. I agree with you hundred percent. Unfortunately, uh, once you guys uh, respectfully, once you guys let him uh, show that he, respectfully he could do what he want, you can't now try to act like you're going to stand your ground because right. um, respectfully, now he knows, shoot, if, if, if he leaves and Kevin leaves, you, you guys turn into a G League team. Talk about Stone Age. You talk about Stone we, Age. Now you guys are competing. Yeah. You guys are going to be competing with with, with the twenty four hour fitness local hooper. So it's like <laughs> we're going to be playing against the Harlem Globetrotters, so brother. The thing I'm saying is, I'm I'm where you at. Unfortunately, it's we, you know um, what does the ass say? The rabbit has the gun this time or something. Where yeah. ain't no ain't fun. No fun. Rabbit, rabbit, got the gun. rabbit got the gun. <laughs> Unfortunately, this ain't no time to stick your chest out. This is the time Yo. to say, you know what? But like she said, we messed up. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we got to say. What do you want? <laughs> what do you right. want? Because exactly. New York City, when I say New York City, I, you know which one I'm talking about, Ash. I'm not talking about you know, New York, I'm talking about Brooklyn. But New York City, <laughs> they're they're saying, look, if these people aren't coming back, just forget it. Because we're gonna just we're not coming to the games. We weren't coming to the games before, we're never not coming to the games now. <laughs> so if 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 I'm a part of that franchise, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Hey, Kyrie, hey, I did this in the yeah. beginning. You're still acting like this. I'm going to sign you back, but know this: this is how I really feel. But but that's mm. the, that's yeah. unfortunately he's still like she said the rabbit got it. It's nothing I could do. But that's I'm still going to tell him how I feel though. Ash, there were some reports that the Knicks are interested in trading for Kyrie Irving. Would you like to see Kyrie on the Knicks no. if if it means you keep RJ and Julius? Hi, Ash. I know you. No. I know you. Hold up. I know how you feel about no. him. Hold up, Ash. I know how you feel about him, but Ooh. let's 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 think this one through now. See if I if me <laughs> and you was in the in the front office right now, we got to make this a business decision, Ash. No, because again, I I think long term. I don't think short term. I don't think Kyrie is the piece that's gonna. If you told me I'm trading for LeBron James, and that gave me a chance to win a chance that I was guaranteed or guaranteed. I put that in air quotes to win a championship that season. Sure. But Kyrie Irving's not going to win me a championship. I'd be trading away my young core for someone who probably is not even going to play a full season. And who even knows how much longer he's going to play basketball to begin with. So I'm, I'm once again, this, I'm getting flashbacks to the Carmelo Anthony trade where I had a bunch of young guys who were supposed to be the future of my team traded them away and this is not even a car. This is not even a knock on Carmelo because Carmelo at least was more available than Kyrie is. 
But I, I don't believe in trading away a core group of guys who can be part of my franchise for years. And ultimately, at some point, if I want to make a big blockbuster trade, I have the pieces. I'm not doing that for Kyrie Irving. I'm sorry. I'm just, I just wouldn't make that move. It just wouldn't happen. Who's the worst player you would make that move for, Ash? What's the player that you think, okay, I'd be fine with sacrificing some of my young guys because I know this guy will put me in position to make a legitimate run at at least a maybe a second round conference fight. You might not win a ring. It but, wouldn't be the and it's not the worst. I mean, worse is bad, but yeah, sure. I would there's I would make that move for somebody like a Bradley Beal. Okay. I'm on the fence now with Dame. I was big on the Dame train, but now I don't even know. It'd probably be it'd probably be a Bradley Beal. I feel like Bradley Beal would be the piece that if I had to go ahead and and give up some of my young guys and some picks, I feel like he would go ahead and be a drastic difference maker where the Knicks would see a second round, maybe even a conference finals, if I was able in a perfect world to keep him, RJ, and Julius intact, that would be a move that I would I would consider. But I Kyrie, no. Yeah. I just yeah. wouldn't do it. I get that. I, yeah. I get that. All right, guys. So that does it. That's a wrap for this season of Certified Buckets. And that's a wrap for the show for the time being. How are you guys feeling? You I'm know, miss y'all. it's sad, hey, man. I feel like I, I made some I made <laughs> I made some real <laughs> friends. I, I'm, I'm happy to call you guys friends, if not family. I think you guys know if you're ever in the city and you need some good eats or just some good vibes, you know where to find me. And if you're going through some shit, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm a brother now. Feel me? So mm. I appreciate y'all being there. You well, know, I, I, um, well guess I'm glad you said that, Chris. I'm a little low on mortgage, man. So I need a few dollars this month, man. Can you spare Hey, me? listen. Um, I can I can give you some some JPEGs. You know what I'm saying? Can you can you can you pay your can you pay your mortgage with? Of course, can you pay your mortgage, yo? Well, listen. I just want to say I have had not only the best time getting to know you guys and working with you, but I love seeing both your individual stars rise over the course of doing the show, Christian. I see you all over the place. Your articles blow gang, up gang. on Twitter. Yeah, I appreciate that. And TV appearances, radio appearances, obviously lethal. Every single space possible. See you in. I get yeah. notifications of you on my phone. I'm yeah. seeing you at red carpet. Ash, we see you out here too. Oh yeah, don't, you get that. You get the haters. You get the haters mad. You get the haters too mad. No, but. Just super, super proud of you both and can't wait to continue to just connect with you guys and just watch you grow. And, you know, it's it's a wrap for us yeah. as a show, uh, but not us as friends. These so are yeah. I'm so excited. These are hey, hey, Ash, before you go, talk to those Sports Illustrated Body Edition people. Yo, I'm coming for that cover. Feel me in the gym. Okay. I'm in the gym every day. Stop playing real soon. <laughs> that's, my... that's We don't do that cover. That's ESPN. Oh, damn. The body issue. We do swimsuit if you want to get in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have to hard pass. Maybe some on swim trunks. That. Maybe I can get you on some swim I, trunks. I can do, you know, Mike Golick Jr. Shout out to him. I can do the Hoochie Daddy shorts. You feel me? <laughs> I can make oh. that happen. I can pull those off. Just give Whoa. me give me a couple months. You know the vibes. I'll go ahead and I'll put that quote. Put the word in. Hoochie put Daddy the word in and we'll make it next, happen. Next swimsuit cover. Gang, but gang. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us this entire season, this entire show. And we appreciate y'all. Keep getting buckets. We out. Peace.